0: took off your gloves oh yeah i did i did (laughs) i'm just i'm taking off the gloves now (laughs) it's getting serious um i haven't is stacked marketer on holiday or something because i haven't gotten an email from them for like six days yeah they usually do around
1: christmas for i want to say two weeks they just stop for a bit
0: oh wow okay well um for the listener stack marketer is our newsletter that cody and i religiously follow every um Every day at six a m well it's 6 good six a m central time um yeah it's it's amazing unsub from everything else you do
1: like, i i did. Is, we're not even paid yeah, i did too like i'm i don't know how it's not very often that I feel this strongly about something it's like chat like well, chat g, GPT. G. i was like g t there's a p <laughs> there's a there's some in there like, but uh yeah, this you can you can legitimately unsub from every other newsletter that you have. Just do this one marketing and, newsletter. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they'll cover everything that you need to know. It's really good. Um, I guess uh, I don't know how I or why I said the chat GPT. Other than you said, I was a hater and I'm a believer. In you
0: now. said you said things don't really blow you away. And but like chat GPT did. And like like there's only like probably like two things that have done it in a way. But like, yeah, Stack Marketers is awesome. I'll i want to put my link in the uh in the uh in the footer it's a uh, it's a referral link just so you know so yeah not that it. It, not that it matters do
1: it so i, I can get like, a hoodie yeah, there's no cost or anything it's all free so yeah but they do they do incentivize referrals with like swag so
0: yeah good give, give jake swag i'm like 10 i'm like 10 referrals away from the stacked marketer hoodie and then i'll wear it on the podcast and when we post these it, on youtube you can see it and then you can be like hey i help pay for that <laughs> <laughs> all right uh oh um I want to talk about? I so uh, more and more I'm having people um, pay to consult with me. And recently, uh, I had a uh, a French company consult with me. They um, the owner reached out to me on Facebook, and uh, they did like basically local SEO, but no other SEO, just local SEO. And I can't get into the details of it because I had to sign an NDA. They they sent it over to me, but it was all in French. So I was like, "What? Why are you sending an American a French NDA?" Like. Don't you know that every single one of us here only speaks one language? <laughs> so uh, fortunately I do actually speak French. <laughs> but just like a very like little bit. Like I probably I would say fifty percent French because I could understand half of the NDA. But I knew like everything I had to fill out on it, uh all the, the the fields, I knew what it was saying, and I knew that what they were sending me was an NDA and they weren't trying to pull a fast one on me. Um so uh I joined the call. they all spoke English by the way, because they 're French Canadian um, but uh, they all spoke English, so they assumed that I was just going to be speaking English as well. But I joined, and when I connected my mic, I said, "Bonjour, je suis ici which means which means uh, hello i 'm here and then uh, they 're like, "Oh, vous parlez français <laughs> I was like, "No, no, just un' peu which means just just a little. Um, but, um, I, I, I felt like vindicated because when I was in high school, um, I told my dad, actually, I, I started French in middle school. It was my eighth grade year. No. Yeah. Eighth grade year. And that was the first year we could take French. It was just an introductory course to it. And then in my, um, freshman year, I moved back to my hometown and I, I took the same course in my, uh, freshman year. But in eighth grade, uh, I, I joined French cause I didn't want to do Spanish and uh, I, I was like, this will, this will help get the ladies. Um, <laughs> it did not. But uh, I, t- I told my dad, and he's like a very like staunch conservative, like ex military guy, and um, he's like, what the hell are you taking French for? He's like, why, why don't you learn something that's practical? And like I think he wanted me to learn like Russian or like Arabic or something. Or yeah, it's super practical right now. Yeah. Russian. Or, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, hey, maybe I could have uh, gotten uh, Brittany Griner back home for free. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, no, I took French. I was happy. I really I love the language of French, but I've never been able to use it in a practical sense. And I bet if I took Spanish, I would have used that like every day since since graduating high school. Yeah, um,
1: Spanish is really practical here which is why i'm actually which is why i'm actually
0: like learning spanish now and we have a spanish-speaking employee who says i'm doing a really good job so not an employee not not legally an employee (laughs) (laughs) uh if the irs is listening that was just a simple slip up (laughs) um she's employed by on top which we pay on top to contractor services Mm mm-hmm and she can do what she wants. She's no, she's not employed by by. Uh, well, they're in Columbia, so it's not like they can do anything. She's contracted by OnTop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that was, shout uh, out, shout uh, out on Top. Yeah, OnTop. Get your get your cheap labor. <laughs> I'm just we pay her the same as our American employees. We do. Um That was my opening. I I just, I was really happy that I got to use French in like an actual setting. Because there were certain times where he was like, one of the guys was talking and he couldn't think of the English words. He would say it in French and I knew what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is sweet. This is better than reading the French paragraph on the shampoo bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: got to be, that's got to be fun. Uh, Especially learning Japanese is very mm, hard. I want to say hard. Yeah, silent, like it's just, just like
0: looking at squiggly lines. It's but not, not only even like a Latin alphabet.
1: The worst language, like the hardest one you can study, but it's on an island far away, and not many people here speak it. So yeah. Anyway, I feel hey, like I, I got uh, to bring up a better mood or something.
0: I scheduled a dentist appointment. Good to get this to get this, uh, this tooth filled, yeah. or not filled. It's the 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 last filling I had was um not good so it's been a year and a half i'm ready to go back to the dentist good you found one did you find it on google how'd you um turn? no i found it through my uh my provider uh uh-huh. guardian my, my insurance of shout-outs. well shout-outs. i did i did um i did find it technically through google i looked at their google reviews mm. and because there was between like that one and two other ones and i went with the one that had the most reviews with the highest rating there was one that had like 390 some reviews but it had a 3.5 stars and i was like "Mm, that's a lot of reviews to have only 3.5 stars (laughs) i don't want that for my dentist
1: (laughs) (laughs) like a burger burger joint fine i'll I'll get a bad burger but i'm not going to a questionable dentist uh,
0: so i picked one that had like 180 reviews with a 4.8 so i was like "Ah, that that'll be that'll be good speaking of dentists what are we talking about today jake interesting segue i know it's
1: not related at all i was just
0: Um, finding success with productized services (laughs) yeah that the dentist has productized tell you what that transition is as painful as going to the dentist (laughs) all right now that that we're really good at transitions we are accepting applications for sponsored promotions (laughs) uh okay so i don't know i'm gonna call this one this this title when i upload it to anchor um but essentially, what the theory? I mean, you talked about this in a couple of episodes. When we ended, you said you wanted to do an episode about this, which was basically being able to create a productized service which is scalable and and um, and re- replicable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also finding success in it and something that's just not going to eat you alive. Um, yeah, and even talk
1: about our experience, uh, what we've, oh what yeah. we've seen happen with with creating productized services just because you create a productized service doesn't mean it's going to be good right yeah and we've got experience with that but maybe the first thing we talk about is i can just tell people what what goes into it what what is a productized service and how you can go about creating one and very simply it's something that you uh allocate a certain amount of estimated time towards it's not set in concrete it can't be because that's why it's productized if you want to build hours then do that but that's not how a product or a service works you instead estimate how much time it's going to take you draw an outline or write an outline of what is all included in the service and then go about documenting it as well um so that you are able to pass it along we've done this a few times now and with varying success and not success and i think the important thing to remember though is that you don't need to make every productized service successful. In fact, you can have a lot more failures than you do success as long as your successes outwin
0: the failures. And it's, because it's a service... You never truly fail. You just, you succeed in finding what doesn't work. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I don't think it's like a Gary V thing or something. Okay. But yeah, I as long... And so productized
1: services don't... They might cost you something, but it's not much. That's, you're not dealing with inventory. You're not, you're most likely just losing time. And that, of course, is a problem, too. But if you have a lot of it, then it's less of a problem than losing money. So when you develop them and then you test them and you see how they work in multiple ways, you you see, one, how they're perceived, how clients like getting them and paying for them and the service that they get in return for it, but then also how it actually performs. And it's important to keep in mind that those might not perfectly line up, and that's can be a strange feeling, but it does happen where uh, maybe it's maybe the value cell was supposed to be a certain level of marketing performance. But then the benefit that the client actually sees is that it's time taken off of their plate. So this is something that we had to uh, switch earlier on was explaining to uh, explaining to clients that we also have an admin component to their marketing costs. Like, yes, we are a marketing agency and we do marketing, but. Just having a functioning website that is integrated into their everyday business. And if we help and assist with that, that that's an admin thing. That's not a marketing thing. And we, when people do marketing, we include that for free as a part of the marketing services. Hey, we take care of the website because the website is a critical component of marketing.
0: When, but, when a client is sold on an admin-related service, they never question it. But like when they're sold on a marketing service, they're like, oh, this has to... like provide direct results so like if you have admin services built into your product site service like we do it's a lot harder to justify getting rid of us because then you're also getting rid of a component of your business that needs to just exist yep yeah and early on we didn't even have we we
1: weren't prepared to become a website company because we didn't want to be but then we realized that we had to at least come up with a productized solution for it too for the people who uh did ultimately decide that maybe that's what they wanted. So we never lead with that. But if we get marketing accounts that want to move down later on to just website maintenance, we had to develop a package for that. It's not something we actively work on selling. We don't even want to sell it, but um, it is it had to be a solution that was cost effective for us and then would make clients happy as well. So but
0: we've we've also had people, our clients turn, go from like a website build to hosting to like six months later, pay yep. us for marketing yep. because yeah. we're, we're already their website guys. Yeah. So
1: it works both ways. Um, so that part is actually is nice. Um, the other thing, too, is when we actually set up everybody with analytics and tracking, when we build a website, uh, it's like mandatory. <laughs> if, if you're going to do it, we it's just our minimum viable. We think that that's necessary. So it's included with the whole thing um, because we want to know as well. Uh, and we actually reference um, some of that data when pulling like benchmarks and things like that. So we get a benefit from it too.
0: But anyway, yeah, we, uh, we, uh, we posted our, our, our landscaping uh, search trends report uh, a couple, like a week ago. And mm-hmm. yeah, and that's been really fortunate too, because even the clients we didn't market for, we still had um, onsite data from Google analytics that we could pull into that report and just having more variables in there to pick from is super insightful. So even if like um, we keep ad accounts when clients leave, we build the ad account, we keep the ad account. And then we tell clients that, hey, if you really want to leave, you can build your own ad account. And uh, we do this because when we do these industry benchmark reports, we want this data. This is our data.
1: Yeah, that's a hot take for some people is we, we give, we help people retain and we make it easy for them to keep ownership of most things except for ad accounts. That's the one thing that we hold back because we rely on aggregate data to do well with them. So uh, as everybody gets view access while they work with us, you're welcome to, I don't care if you download it and then leave and rebuild it,
0: but we rely on that and that's kind of
1: our. We're
0: not trying to like, yeah, like keep clients from being successful after us. We're just trying to make sure that we're still successful after they leave. Yep, that's good. So first, uh, first product of service really that we made,
1: we didn't call it the foundation. It was called the green startup, but we now call it the foundation crushes it. Uh, we've done the math. We've got over a 90% retention rate on the people that do it. Everybody loves it. They're very happy. It's, uh, in the simplest terms, it includes website management, uh, fundamental SEO and, uh, Google ads, right? And it's priced appropriately. It is... Friendly for relatively new businesses to large ones that are just getting into digital, uh, everybody's really happy with it. So that's been a home run. It's awesome. <laughs> it's and it's enabled us to do lots of things in the business. It's scalable it too. So well.
0: Like without, yeah. without without even adding an additional like management related service, uh, because ads is included. It's it's scalable. Like they can pump five grand into ads if they wanted to. Um, I mean, the management's going to go up a little bit because we have a. We have a commission like a fifteen percent fee at a certain point, but yeah you know it, it's it's really good for companies that do ten million and that's really good for companies that do one hundred thousand and then where they want to take it is up to them yeah so uh the the way that the ads
1: work is we we have a base fee that the the foundation includes, and then there's if people want to spend a certain amount in Google ads, then we have a, a percentage on top once it, cer- it reaches a certain threshold but everybody loves that. Uh, it's been really good. And that's why we ended up saving and rebranding that one. But we actually have one that was probably a failure. That's the way to say it. <laughs> it was unsuccessful um, and just didn't really work as well. And we had, we called it the Rainmaker. And it it actually, the foundation kind of does what the Rainmaker part of it wanted to do originally. But we ended up breaking it out into separate things because it, it was meant to be a overall upgrade from the green startup where we just did more SEO tasks and also increased ad spend, but also included blogging. Then we realized that piecing those things out um, set expectations in a better way. And so, and what? So I'm like stuttering here. Uh, our (laughs) Our success rate for the Rainmaker
0: was around 60, a little over 60% it wasn't great uh, i feel like it was less than that like i feel like it was yeah it was bad it was okay so i did our lifetime value calculation and like cost per acquisition um the green startup was 600 bucks a month the 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 gross profit from it was 500 the gross profit from the rainmaker was a thousand so it's like double the package uh double the price uh our cost per acquisition our target cost per acquisition what i would be willing to pay for a green startup lead was like 240 dollars Mm-hmm. What I what we would be willing to pay for a rainmaker lead was like 120. I think it was half of that. Yeah. So it's like, how does the package that is twice the profit margin? Uh, are we only willing to pay half as much for? Like that's how terrible it was.
1: Yeah. So it had two problems. One was uh, performance wise, uh, we weren't. I mean, honestly, we weren't even really accomplishing what we would have liked to with something that we'd be comfortable with selling, then yeah, the clients receiving it also weren't happy. So that didn't work. It didn't work very well. And um I won't call this one I won't call it a failure, but it's it didn't go nearly as well as my expectations or when we had launched it and that's local services
0: ads. Mm-hmm. Uh I think if we found so I wanna I wanna say something name the Rainmaker. Okay. So like when we first started productizing services, or when you brought this to, to my attention, that, um, or started restructuring things, like I imagine having like three services. We had like mm. you know just like Green Startup, the Rainmaker, and then like Market Domination. I think was our third one, mm-hmm. and which we didn't even which we didn't even have fleshed out. We never even pitched it because we didn't know what it was going to include. Uh, it's basically an enterprise tier. Yeah, going to pay a lot of money. We'll figure some things out. So I, I, I thought of those packages as really like. Um, so Lauren, she's an executive at Macy's for Clinique and um, they have these like gift packages or gift packages like uh, it's, it's purchased with purchase. So like you, you uh, purchase something of equal value and you get one of these packages. But um, when that event, it's over. They break those packages, those, those sets apart and they piece them out individually and make way more money on it. Mm-hmm. And like in my head, all we had was, all I wanted was like those, those pre-packaged uh, sets of services and like you like those you get those that's it but then when the rainmaker was a blunder I, i'm gonna call it a complete failure a catastrophic failure <laughs> <laughs> we pieced it out we did exactly like that mm. we, we pulled all the components apart from it we started with the foundation and then um we're like okay well let's add modular services the individual pieces and components from the rainmaker ad hoc But we also learned from it too which was basically I we're onboarding a new client. We're about to, um and um when I pitched her, uh this is last time we talked. We were still talking green startup or rainmaker, <laughs> like that is a while ago, and so now she's reaching back out and she goes, "I see that you guys. You know, you guys don't have the rainmaker anymore, and green startup is not the foundation." And I was like, "Yeah, technically, if you want the rainmaker, you can still. No, nah, you can't, but." If you were to get the Rainmaker with our current services, what you do is you get the foundation plus $500 in ad spend, which doesn't require a package upgrade. It would just be a thousand bucks. And then you can add on the blogging module, which is $500 and that's 1500 bucks. There's your Rainmaker. But yep. we put a discrep, word, you know, basically like a, like an asterisk in there. And we said that you cannot have blogging as an added service unless you have another paid ad service like yep. Facebook or Uh, next door which we're exploring or like you know you're about to talk about local service ads um because the the key key component of the rainmaker was the added ad spend well if you can already add that to the foundation then the only additional thing you get is the blogging and fifteen hundred dollars seven seven fifty to like fifteen hundred dollars is only a marginal increase and i think the companies who are willing to pay for a long-term blogging strategy uh can also pay for another ad program that will generate them immediate leads which we've talked about in a previous episode was we you need to provide immediate value on services before you provide um uh value from services that require a commitment and and that's kind of how we layered our services so i okay that was my tangent i wanted to get that in there before we started talking about local service ads
1: yeah no that's important uh that's that's really important to talk about the switch from we we had like a ladder approach and we switched to a modular one and it's been better received even though we're still working through some of the modules people are happier like we've we've gotten that feedback so uh, th- yeah the the thing now is figuring out which modules and in, in which order are best and ideal to recommend so one of them that uh, I had really high hopes for was local services ads because everybody and their mom was talking about them and saying these are awesome. Uh, performance is great. It's a great service. Cody, and, what are
0: local service ads?
1: You know, local service ads show up above search ads for local businesses.
0: And they're basically for local services. Uh, they're a pay per lead ad. And mm, most, most people yeah. are re- refer to them as Google guarantee ads. Yeah, yeah. So you, yeah, but you do pay per lead. So it's not pay per click. You
1: actually pay for the lead itself. So that was very attractive. Um, to us and then to be able to sell the clients too and say well you don't pay per click you can pay for the actual leads themselves so but what we ran into well one and this isn't i'm just going to say this in case anybody even goes into look at it it is not easy to set up as an agency um we have lots of long phone calls with trying to get to the right people to get us set up and google just doesn't care about us um us as an agencies in general, unless you're very large, which isn't you new. Know, that's not surprising. That's Google in general. But especially for local services ads, it was difficult to get everything documented and set up and prepared in a way that would work. But the bigger issue was it just didn't work. Um, we found out that either one or two things happened. We couldn't spend the budget. We couldn't accurately predict and determine budgets before going into something because they would just fluctuate so much. Um, so that made it really hard. Hard, or uh, we would spend a lot, but the lead quality was absolute trash. To the point that we would go through ten leads, and not a single one of them would be a legitimate inquiry, and we would have to dispute all of
0: them. I feel like in, and, in like an area or two, like for one or two clients, it would work like well, but it wasn't scalable. Like we'd <clears throat> have we you'd have a landscaper with landscape like targeting landscaping service leads um in florida and it would be like 70 bucks a lead i think that's how much it would cost it's not like it's a bidding thing like that's just how much it costs uh, based on your budget and then uh in texas you'd have another landscaper paying 30 bucks a lead and so we would never know what to yeah. go in it with a with a budget because they went under 250 okay they get four leads not even that uh three leads and then um then sometimes they want to get any and then what we'd build them for management Service that didn't produce anything.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: So that made it really hard. Uh, and so
1: we we still offer it. It's just very situational. We don't, yeah. We don't promote it. Yeah. We'd have to have a serious talk and make sure that everything is ideal and optimal before we got too far into it. Some other things that have done uh, OK, I would say, are uh, discovery. Discovery ads, just because it's already in Google, it's relatively easy. Um, and they, they do perform pretty well. As long as people have the right expectations. Uh, similar YouTube. We we don't help with ad creative creation, but we'll run campaigns for the guys that are doing um, that are doing stuff on YouTube with their YouTube channel. So those are done okay. But there are two big ones that we're actively building and working on right now. And one of them is next door. Um, so basically diet Facebook, right?
0: <laughs> um, and yeah. And, and everybody's asking for it too like everybody has been for the last couple of years but we just haven't known how to explore it and and but then oh we reached out i reached out to them i said uh this is funny because you reached out and you're like i I can't find it and then i reached out i'm like oh hey we have an agency rep now and you're like what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't get back to me they got back to you everybody gets back to me yeah uh
1: whatever i do is wrong apparently but <laughs> Yeah, so next door is one and then a upper tier SEO package that is not blogging, right? Is something that we're
0: also actively developing. Yeah, so those are two blogging would be an addition to the upper tier SEO package, not included. Yeah, right, right, right. So those are ones that we're working on
1: and building out and we'll see how they go. Um but yeah, it's it's this game of build out a package, put it on put it on the virtual shelf,
0: see how many people bite and uh, see which one pops off. I want to, I want to mention too that, like, just because somebody asks for something doesn't mean you should offer it or like try to throw a package together and, and figure it out. We just had a really good talk with one of our long term clients. Was it yesterday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, he wants to, he, he wants to, um, have a better SEO plan for next year. Not, not that his SEO, he, he had the best year ever, um, this year, but, uh, I asked him trying to push him away from the fact that like we don't have like an upgraded SEO package besides blogging I'm trying to push him away from that and saying like we should do like an ad campaign. But I, I said it in a way that was like, do you want more leads or do you just want your SEO to be better? Because most of the time people are like, I want more leads. And okay. Well, if that's the case. then we can definitely not worry about SEO right now, um, which is a hot take. I feel like there's a lot of people listening to this be like, ah, no way. SEO is never a way to go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. You don't have to tell me. Um, well, w- one of the reasons why we're
1: focusing on two things: one is a advertising campaign, and the other is SEO.
0: Why? Because it's straight profit. Everybody likes selling SEO because it's just a profit machine. So, but at the end of the day, your clients are going to care about leads, and SEO doesn't bring in leads immediately. It just doesn't. It's like it's it's a long term commitment. And if for the clients you do have money to go to a higher tier SEO package, um, that's fine. But clients who don't necessarily have that money, who can't you Know, wait to see results, you have to focus on ads, yeah, or at least we do. I mean, yeah, yeah. Th- th- you know, it could be different for you. I don't know, but I, as uh, I talked to him, uh, Cody and I talked to him, and I remember saying, like, hey, I'll we're gonna be straight up honest with you, we don't have a higher tier SEO package where it's something that we've actually been working on for like the last half, you know, six months, mm-hmm. uh and the reason why we don't is because we don't do anything that's not mutually profitable or, or and so like if if we charge you x amount of dollars for an updated package and um it doesn't make you more profitable or it just turns basically i think all in back of our heads we were just we were really avoiding another rainmaker catastrophe um right. so yep. uh
1: because it's not worth it it's it's like in so many ways it's not worth it one is financially like it is it is not worth the mess that we have to deal with but two it's definitely not worth damaging a relationship yeah you, when we have a really solid one the last thing we want to do is ask them for more money and then not do a good job with it
0: the harder part about it is like that we're com- we're a completely white hat a- agency which means we don't we don't even buy links we don't buy links we don't guest post we don't do any of this um because we're completely white hat so when you have white hat seo it makes the processes a lot harder to productize and scale um. So we told him, it was fortunate though, because he did mention, He goes, because he asked us at the beginning of the call, he goes, "How when you train new people, when you, because we were just talking about it, he's like, how do you train people? Because what you guys do are very technical. You have to mm-hmm. like train people from nothing. And we told him like, there are certain things in our practice, in our, in our field that are trainable via documentation. And that's part of how we're shaping the next tier of the SEO package. We can't just say, be an expert in SEO and figure it out. We'll charge you more. Um, We have to have a repeatable process that, um, you know, the minions can execute. And I I told them I was like, frankly, we, we don't have that right now. Um, And uh, so uh, what we can do is like, we can do blogging for you as, as long as you're ready for like a, a long term commitment strategy because this will work it's just it's not going to give you the um the immediate results like if we start blogging right now and he starts ranking for the keyword that we're blogging for three months from now it's still not enough because our blogging strategy focuses on topic clusters which is which is a multi-blog effort not just like a rank for this one keyword and wait and then like collect the you know collect the leads three months later um mm-hmm. it's getting it's getting a little technical but um just wanted to say like don't be afraid to say we honestly don't have a package for this i know we do seo for instance but like a higher tier of it just be okay with being honest with your clients and saying we're working on something that is scalable if your clients are business owners they're gonna one understand that and two respect that
1: mm-hmm. respect is big that's the big thing i think is because look at <laughs> <it, sighs> It is not hard. And many agencies will say, yeah, we'll take your money and we'll figure it out. And then three months later, it doesn't go well. And there's lots of bad and cleanup that comes from that. But some people just say, ah, well, it was worth the money. So especially if it's an owner and they don't have to deal with it. I just like, here, give me your money. Okay, you guys deal with it. They have no guidance, no direction, that sort of thing. Um, Yeah, these things, they take time. And especially if they're good, especially if they are good all around they're profitable they're easily implementable they're well received that combination is a hard thing to do and that's why you'll find some businesses will just scale with that one particular thing when they find one thing that really wins and we we've done some of that but we're also trying to equally grow into that next year and avoid just scaling one thing because there's a mental load that comes with that too depending on what type of thing you're doing so for example if you offer something that's very entry level and you don't have a mix with upper tier accounts so um like our our foundation package is very entry friendly but if you're a strategist and you end up with like 80 accounts that is emotionally terrible (laughs) to mentally deal with as your day job because i've been not to 80 but i've been in that that place in that position, and it is it is a load, and it is not easy to live and work like that. So, trying to find balance too, where you get some variety, uh, and it just it's it takes time and trial and error. I give you two. So, oh, go ahead. I was say I, that I hope my rant about our experience in in time and growth with products and services is helpful to people who might not otherwise be familiar with the more intimate details or actual interpersonal experience with it that's that's what we've done that's what we've seen that's how we're we've done it and are doing it and i like it it's fun and i hope other people do it (laughs)
0: i'll give you two scenarios so let's say in in both scenarios the client leaves you scenario number one is they're asking for a service that you don't quite offer yet or that you haven't fleshed out and as a as a productized service uh boutique agency is a little bit different but um you decide to take it on anyways and figure it as you go well we already know this client's gonna leave you so um imagine that doesn't go well and a lot of their money gets sunk into it and it doesn't have to go bad it could just go not great uh and that client leaves um second scenario is your client asks you to for a service you don't quite offer so same situation only you tell them i don't have a service for this Um, I, I'm not comfortable in charging you for a service like this. Um, what we are actively trying to figure out a way to, um, scale this and create something that's profitable for both of us. Um, well in this situation, again, they leave you because they want this, uh, which situation are they not going to return? It, it's the first one. I mean, I mean, if you, if they have a bad experience or not great experience, they are going to leave. But if they leave you because they want something you don't offer, what happens when they liked what you did offer? And then suddenly you come back to them and say, I now offer this. And mm-hmm. I mean, they might not come back, but they're definitely not coming back in situation. Number one. So, um, I, yeah. I, I mean, in both situations too, they could stay, you could get lucky and you could hit, you know, you, you could, you could, their like could do well. But then it's not repeatable. If you do it again to another client, it, you know, you're it's a crapshoot. Um, and then in the second situation, uh, they could still stay because they respected you and they respected the way that, um, <laughs> you know, you conducted yourself with that. Um, but you, have to, you also have to stay true to your word, too. If you said you're working on something, you got to keep working on that because eventually they're going to ask about it again.
1: Yeah I'd, yeah, I'd say the big thing, too, is, yeah, that last part. You got to got to sleep at night. You got to live with uh, we all make mistakes Uh, in business. It's unavoidable, especially the more business you do, the more mistakes you make. But you do have to you got to make decisions that you're okay with and are willing to live with. And yeah, it's it's easier to uh, turn things away like that um, and have know that you feel good about it and know that they could come back, even if they don't. That's fine. As opposed to. Having to say, yeah, I messed up. Yeah, I messed up. <laughs> that's that's never fun. It's not a good feeling. So,
0: yeah. Chase relationship, not the money. Just, re- <laughs> just repeating principles from the very first episodes. <laughs> so, well, that's uh, that's all. That's all I had. That's all, that's all I got. That's all we had. That's all she wrote. Um, any any closing any closing thoughts? No. Mm, uh, no. Lauren really wants to be on the podcast, and I think Jenny does too. Yeah, I feel like sometime we should talk about like what women actually think of entrepreneurs (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or maybe being with one. Yeah. Uh And is being an entrepreneur or an agency owner sexy? (laughs) Uh, It's not. That could be good. Yeah. Well, uh, we could save it for the episode. But I will tell you that Lauren found me cringy when we first met. Yeah, I found you cringy, too, because I was a hashtag entrepreneur. (laughs) All right. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya.